Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fintech Cafe, and I'm your host, Ambika Sharma. This is episode 49, and the topic is life insurance. For this conversation, we're joined by the co-founder and chief distribution officer of Ladder Life. This conversation originally took place with a live audience on Clubhouse. So what you're listening to is a recorded session. In this episode, we'll discuss the founding story of Ladder, the market of life insurance and the space of insure tech, as well as emerging use cases around embedded finance, which is really hot right now. So let's kick it off with a round of introductions. My name is Ambika Sharma. I'm a product manager within the fintech space. I've been involved in this space for about a decade, and my work experience has been in the US, Europe, and Latin America. To co-host with me today, we have a guest co-host. Her name is Lindsay Davis. Generally, we have Monisha Chakrapani. However, she couldn't join us for the live conversation. So we're very lucky that Lindsay Davis has agreed to co-host. So we'll all pass the baton to her for her introduction next. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thanks all for letting me co-host. I know I'm not your usual fabulous friend, but certainly no less fintech and excited to be here today. I'm Lindsay Davis, and I'm the head of markets at Atomic. We were a previous guest on the show, so honored to be a part of this. We build payroll connectivity, and prior to that, I was at CB Insights, where I led our fintech industry analytics, and Ladder Life was a company I, I looked at as part of our, our life insurance coverage and, and disintermediation of the existing insurance model. So really excited, Jeff, to have you a part of the conversation today. Thank you. And Jeff, I can also introduce myself. My name is Ambika, and I am a product manager within the fintech space. I've been involved. I used to work at SoFi, so I know of Ladder from the relationship with SoFi, but now I work for one of the big banks. And two disclaimers before we officially kick off. So with that, we can officially start with your introduction. If you can give us your background, how you guys got started with Ladder, just curious. Yeah, absolutely. And and let me start by saying thank you for having me. You guys have some great interviews uh, on Fintech Cafe, so excited to be here with you today. But yeah, my background, my background is in emerging technology. I studied math and computer science in undergrad and started my career writing code on some of the first Java deployments in the U.S. And that took me to Europe actually for a couple of years where I saw the early days of messaging and mobile apps and really fell in love with that. So when I finished business school, I joined a mobile startup in the San Francisco area called Lexicus that Motorola had acquired. After four years, I left to join it. Another mobile startup called AdMob as the 20th employee there spent four years into that journey before we were acquired by Google in what at the time was a big mobile acquisition, their third largest ever. I spent four years at Google and decided to leave and do something earlier stage. And at that time, a good friend of mine, Jamie Hill, my co-founder, called and said that he had a, a good idea for a life insurance startup. And I knew the positive impact life insurance had had on Jamie's life. His father died when he was only 11 years old and knew how much that impacted his life. I also knew it was something that people ought to have if they have debt or dependents, but generally don't have sorted out because it's just a long buying process full of friction. I I have three boys and I'd been through the experience of buying life insurance and I did the whole thing of applying, having a pyramid, they call them, come out to my house for a medical exam, took blood and urine. I went through the process of, I waited five weeks for coverage while that was all being underwritten as it happens. Actually, that was faster than the industry average, five weeks, but it didn't make much sense to me why this was still the case given so much of the rest of the products and services in our lives 
even in financial services had become so much more digital and, and so much more efficient. And so the more I dug in, the more fascinated I found it to be. And, and so along with my co-founders, Jamie and Laura and Jack, we started Ladder. Awesome. Well, life insurance is a very complicated product in itself because every state has its own stipulations. So Jim, so did, how did you, I guess, learn more about life insurance? What was your learning process as you submerge yourself into this industry? Certainly, certainly. So spent a lot of time talking with just digging into kind of life insurance, what it is, as you said, it's regulated, for example, on a state by state basis, compared to uh, a lot of financial services on more of a federal level, but in addition to the regulation, I just really digging into, you know, why it operated the way it did. Why wasn't there more of a tech-enabled, more of a digital solution available, and you know what needed to be put in place to to make that happen? Can you talk to us about some of the initial, you know, validations for the? the minimum viable product that you guys went on to market with in some of the first states and how you went about targeting that as your go-to-market strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So we start off, but maybe it's helpful just to, to kind of give a picture of some of the components of life insurance that, that I found interesting, at least, is, you know, for example, unlike home or auto insurance, you know, life insurance isn't a required product. So most people just don't get the coverage they need. In fact, there's uh, the latest numbers are 106 million people in the U.S. that need life insurance, but either don't have it or don't have enough coverage. And you know, most people think that they have some through work or work covers them, which is usually something like two times salary and, and typically not enough if they have children or, or other people depending on their income. So when you look at that, look at that early on, again, kind of wanted to dig in and, and understand the existing process and how we could change it. So prior to ladder, it meant someone having to really go go find a life insurance agent, go through the sales process with a very long application process only to start this, this waiting period for what's average of six to eight weeks to get coverage in place. And then what I found really interesting is that as your life changes, as you pay down your mortgage, as you save towards a goal, maybe college funds or something like that, as you have another child you know, the, the amount of coverage that you got in place at one point in time is is likely out of date. It's likely the wrong amount of coverage. And so one of the first things we wanted to do, so we, we looked at the whole picture, we said, what would it take to really make that digital? And, and, you know, what are really the consumer needs? Yes, to buy it. We wanted to make it instant and you know, easy to buy and, and, and to adjust as, as you live out life. You know, we found that there are ways to get quotes online but to really make this experience truly digital, we, we felt we needed to build the process out end to end. And so we designed the Ladder Life Term product itself, the actual insurance product. And then we made things like a calculator and quote, the application digital, sure. But we also built out an underwriting platform, uh, a lot like what you'd see in, in lending in other places, but specific to take in all of the data that applies to life insurance, certainly health data, financial data, uh, a number of different components that help us underwrite that we do in real time. So we built out that. We built out also a policy administration system that makes it possible to issue a policy instantly, but also uh, make it adjustable over time. And so we, we wanted one of our first kind of 
product experiences, we, we had to have the insurance architecture in place. It needed to be compliant with regulations, as, as we talked about. And we started in California. And we really wanted a minimum viable product for a user to be able to come in and quote, apply and find coverage in about five minutes online without having to talk to anyone. And that's keep in mind at the same time that any traditional providers are, are still, you know, doing well, they'd be able to collect an email address or, or to accept a, a digital signature on an application. So it was a massive step forward, but really the beginning of the things that we wanted to build. Sorry, took me so long to get off mute. Okay, that's very helpful context, so thank you. But as you were speaking, I thought we should actually first talk about like who your customers are and the problem statement. So I have a life insurance, a term life insurance, but it's through my employer as a benefit. And I am one of those individuals who isn't sure if I need one. I haven't been, you know, nobody talks to me about it. So how, can you tell us a little bit about your customers? Do you mostly acquire them through partnerships where perhaps, you know, such as with SoFi, or do you also do a direct B2C? Could you tell us a little about your customer personas? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it starts with kind of how you described someone understanding really do they need coverage or not? And and really the driver for that fundamentally in life insurance is whether you have debt or dependents. So if you have children, if you have someone else depending on your income, if you have debt, could be a mortgage something that if you were to die and your income were to go away and you're not able to fully fulfill those obligations, you want to have life insurance in place. And so our target market fits into, into that need fundamentally for life insurance. Then, then the question is how much do they need and you know their, their assets and liabilities and things like that help them figure that out. And we either help them or, or partners have tools to be able to, to help them. So we're, it's, it's really quite a wide range when we designed ladder we wanted to have coverage amounts that range we have coverage that ranges from a hundred thousand to eight million in coverage and we wanted to be available and are available in all 50 states now and be able to really cover a wide variety of anybody that needed insurance and so that is kind of at its core and we wanted to be provide this instant experience make it easy for people to understand the concept of life insurance is pretty straightforward i think the Understanding how much you need or the process around it is where people have had such a, a negative experience. And, and that's what we wanted to change. What we find is these, these, you know, parents, for example, folks that are digital first, that have some financial confidence that, that want to take more control of this, certainly fit into the types of consumers that we target directly. We do offer ladder for somebody, if they come to ladderlife.com, they can buy it directly. And there are some people that do that. But again, unlike home and auto that are required, because life insurance isn't, most people don't do that. Most people don't get life insurance sorted out, even if they get married or have a child or buy a home. They don't run off to go somewhere, even in some cases to ladder to, to buy directly. So what's so powerful uh, about connecting with partners. You mentioned SoFi as an example where we provide the life insurance for their users and make that available for SoFi to offer to their users. What makes it so powerful is that as you're doing these other things, as you're could be refinancing your school loans, could be getting a mortgage, 
could be saving towards a goal or investing. So you're doing these other financial activities. We can bring life insurance into that experience or enable a partner to integrate uh, that into the experience right there where somebody understands the need and the benefit in a more modular way. And so I, that's certainly one thing that we're seeing is a wonderful thing for consumers just, just to be able to embed these kinds of solutions right there where they understand what the benefit of it is. I really like the way that you, you talked about you know the differences between your model versus other insurance markets and the ability to, to either offer this by going state by state and becoming, a, we saw this at, at CB Insights where companies would just initially partner perhaps or, or become themselves the insurers and there was a sort of trend towards that. But the digitization in and of itself, of course, is something that consumers have come to expect when it comes to, to fintech and insurance is, isn't different there and in competing with incumbents, it's it's a no-brainer to have that digitized experience and making it more fluid for consumers to get access to it. But I'm curious, and one of the things that we saw candidly while analyzing COVID-19, we saw millennials actually very interested, especially in life insurance and generally, right, people are thinking about their health and long-term, you know, outcomes for their family. What what was your experience on, on the latter side in terms of adoption and scale? And, and I also recognize you guys raised around the funding during that period of time. So certainly opportunities for growth. Yeah, absolutely. There were, you know, good and bad things about the pandemic, of course. But one of the things that was very helpful, I would say for for a number of financial services, but in particular life insurance was this became more top of mind. We spent prior to the pandemic a lot of a lot of energy or, or supported partners who spent a lot of energy trying to get people to think about when it came to life insurance something beyond the daily grind, even if it was financial services sort of moving beyond budgeting and some, some you know, sort of daily or monthly types of things to this broader perspective. Life insurance fits in that more multi-year kind of broader perspective, like a mortgage or something else. And all of a sudden, the pandemic brought those things top of mind. In fact, I think it did two things. It made those things much more, you know, things with that are a broader perspective, and especially life insurance. It brought it more top of mind, of course. It also um, gave people time to sort out and catch up on these things. Life insurance kind of falls in the category of things that that if people need it, would love to get it sorted out. They feel great when they get it done. We, we hear that all the time from, from users. They enjoy our experience and they have a 84 NPS, but they themselves feel great about it. The reason they want to tell others is is this has been something that's on their list they want to get it sorted out. And I think during the pandemic, people got a chance to tackle some of these things that sometimes life had just been too busy to get around with or you know, up until recently had been, been a very long process and we're able to offer a digital process. We saw a lot of growth. We, were, we, were, we had been growing already. So in addition to our growth, we, we saw that increase over the period of the pandemic and we've seen that keep going. And I think because it is a generational shift. My view is it just makes all of the conversations around life insurance kind of more efficient. People get it. They understand it. We can kind of move past some of those first steps and talk more about, you know, how much they might need and sort of getting in a place. So talking of the round that you raised, I, when we were doing research, you know, as part of having you on the show, you recently, I found that you recently announced uh, that you were the first digital life insurance company in operation. Can you explain what that means and its significance? 
Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, we raised a Series D in October. And as part of that uh, announcement, we also announced that we had issued policies, the Ladder Life term product, on our own insurance carrier, the Ladder Life insurance company. And so that is very significant. We we had put together all of the pieces to, to virtually operate like a carrier, or at least to the end user, all the pieces that touch the end user and the end-to-end experience. But what setting ourselves up as a carrier allows us to do is to innovate even faster in terms of the experiences and products that we'll offer. So I won't announce anything today, but you'll see us be able to deliver the kinds of experiences and additional products in a faster way being set up as our own carrier. Jeff, you're not announcing anything on this show? I'm just heartened. Stay tuned. Or I'll come back. Okay. That's the dinner that you're going to after this. Got it. <laughs> um, okay. So since we have limited time, I think what we'll do is we'll just do 10 more minutes and moderate it. And then the last 10 minutes, we'll give it to the audience. And as part of your fundraising round, embedded finance or embedded insurance is a key component. So could we perhaps switch to ta- switch to that topic and talk about partnerships around embedded insurance, which clearly is a key trend coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fundamentally, to me, insurance is a trailing product. I don't think of somebody buying insurance for the sake of insurance. So you have something that you want to insure, a house, a car, a trip, or in the case of life insurance, you're insuring you know, that a mortgage can be paid off and your family can stay in their home or a child can be raised, fed, clothed, put through school you know, in the event that something happens to you or, or your income. And so I think those are all the reasons you know, you need insurance and, and, you know, why not have the insurance right there as, as you're sorting out these other experiences, you know, that that's, what's so powerful about it. And to me, that's the way I believe it, it should be. It's, it's a trend we've seen, I, I think in the broader landscape with embedded finance, just where you're in a trusted environment, you have a set of data, most of the financial services operate better as you know, in the context of the broader financial plan and picture, we work with a lot of financial advisors. That's one of the segments that's a lot of fun just because people have, have worked out their, whether they've done that digitally or working with, with a human, they've worked out their financial goals and their plan. And it's very clear kind of what their needs are and sort of what coverage they ought to have. So having that kind of data available in, in, and in a trusted environment is is so powerful, in particular for life insurance. I might be an outlier in this scenario, but Jeff, I'm I'm with Ambika on this. I have life insurance also offered through my employer, which is a fantastic benefit, but I'm probably overinsured. I have more insurance than I think I'm worth today, but I have a fundamental belief that it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it in these types of scenarios. So I'd be curious to hear, you know, how has your you know, core demographic, your initial users been in terms of recommending new new product ideas and innovations and some of the, the product roadmaps that you are able to sort of reveal on, on a, a more, you know, public community forum that you all are looking to to get into? And, and where do you see, you know, the next, you know, five to 10 years for, for Ladder? Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's, well, good that you have it in place. I think, again, coming back to you know, not everyone needs it, but for those that do, we think it's important 
that, that they get life insurance in place, whether it's with that or anyone, but that they get that sorted out. And, and most people have this kind of false sense of comfort of having someone through work. There are, I, I was at Google for a while and, and there was an amazing, really over the top kind of policies available for life insurance for employees. Most employers, you know, kind of average around two times salary. And so for, for most people, that isn't enough. Group insurance that's offered through work is good that it's there. It's better than, than nothing, but it isn't really sufficient if you think of having a child and, and having a couple of years of, of income is good, better than not having it. It's, it's wonderful that employers provide it, but it doesn't really solve the need that most people have to raise a child the rest of the way. And so there's usually, and, and the products that are available from a, from a voluntary standpoint or supplemental standpoint on top of that tend to kind of get back into the same process, traditional process we talked about with medical exams and trying to set it up to deduct from your payroll and things like that is is pretty tedious. And so people generally, you know, often don't get get it in place. And so that's where we, we've learned a lot from that. You talked about users. We had folks come and we had employers come and say, hey, I, I bought this myself and I'd love to offer it to our employees. And we said, oh, you know, ladder, ladder's individual. It, it's a good product, but it isn't the kind of group product you may be thinking of. And they said, no, no, I, I understand. I want, I want this kind of product. It was, that's uh, what led to our ladder at work program, for example. And it's led to us plugging into a channel benefits workplace channel. And we've integrated APIs into platforms that support employers to be able to offer ladder to their employees and without minimum requirements, without some of the challenges in, in a way that's easy to set up. You avoid in that world some of the evidence of insurance and and some of the friction around setting this up, and so that's been very powerful. In one example, I, you know, we have users that provide. We love feedback for anybody listening that checks out Ladder. Please send us feedback. We love it, and we get a lot of ideas from users. I would say, you know, what's been interesting is just to see how many places you know benefits in the workplaces. One thing I mentioned: financial advisors. We mentioned some of the fintech players. There are a number of places where you know, life insurance can plug into. And that's one of my favorite things. You talked about in, you know, the importance of embedded insurance. I think insurance, you know, it's one thing today, traditionally people go somewhere to get insurance sorted out instead of having it really embedded and available in what they're doing. And I think that's, we're seeing that change significantly across product lines. I mean, you used to buy a car and then separately go get the car insurance. Of course, now you've all heard if you buy a Tesla in certain states, you know, Tesla provides the car insurance with it. And I think it's really powerful both because it creates a better user experience, but it also, it is an opportunity where Tesla has a lot more data about you on an ongoing basis. They can customize your coverage to kind of how you drive, for example. And I think you're going to see that type of embedded solution available across a number of types of insurance, including life insurance. And so those number of places that we can plug in to provide those kinds of experiences is, is, you know, I find super interesting. Jeff, I wanted to clarify, uh, Ladder does not underwrite their own policies, right? You're basically a technical platform that is connector, basically like a um, marketplace connector. Would that be fair? No, I would say it's different than that. I would say 
just to make a distinction, there's, you know, there's been a lot of money poured into insurtechs in the last handful of years. Some of, for many of those insurtechs are doing kind of what you just described, kind of putting a digital front end on top of traditional products. And that's helpful in some ways. It's a step forward. What I think is much more interesting, what I think you're seeing the leaders in each of the product lines do is a deeper end-to-end product and and end-to-end experience. So when I mentioned, you know, we built an underwriting platform, we do the underwriting process for for all of our products. We do the administration for all of our products. And then the cases where policies are issued on, on the Ladder Life Insurance Company, we're issuing those policies. And then just like a traditional primary insurer, those policies are are reinsured by reinsurers. And we worked with a handful of the largest reinsurers in the world that reinsure our policies just like they would other traditional primary insurers. And so, no, it's 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 a ladder life term product and we're providing the underwriting process and and working through that end to end more than a technical platform and the and a marketplace to traditional products. Got it. And so the, sorry, one last thing, uh, Lindsay. Uh, so the last thing on that follow-up is because you are providing APIs for, let's say, life insurance companies to access your platform, is that precisely the unique or the comparative advantage that you have compared to your your competitors? Yeah. So the, the competitive advantage is that it really comes from that end-to-end experience from that digital process all the way through, as opposed to just a digital front end on top of a traditional process. And so we think that creates a very different user experience for our partners. And we provide that via APIs. Uh, you know, we, we work with partners in a number of ways. Uh, there's a spectrum of integration that ranges anywhere from a simple link to being able to, to quote, apply and bind entirely on a partner site without, without leaving that partner's site or mobile app. And so, and anywhere in between, we work with partners in that regard, and they're getting access to that that end-to-end digital experience. And and with some of the differentiation, it's we are available in all fifty states. That's hard in insurance. Even some of the traditional players are only forty-nine state solutions. So, we thought it was important for our partners to be able to service you know all of their U.S. users, and we do that at at higher coverage amounts just because of our underwriting capabilities than competitors do. And then of of course, and I I should have mentioned, one of the things that's oddest to me about traditional products in the process is that it's a little bit strange to buy a, let's say a million dollar policy for 20 years, kind of knowing that your needs are changing over time. That might be the right amount for you today or when you bought it. But over time, as your life changes, your needs are really changing. And so, it's one of the areas that we wanted our namesake, but we wanted people to be able to easily adjust that coverage to match what their needs are over time instead of being stuck with this block of insurance that might have made sense at one point in time. And so users are able to ladder coverage up or down, and they can you know, increase coverage if they have another child or take out a bigger mortgage. They can decrease coverage anytime as often as they want. And there's no fees or it's just prorated in the amount. And partners are able to make that available and drive this kind of ongoing engagement. It can contribute to their engagement 
around that when they integrate that laddering capability into their offering. One thing I wanted to circle back on, Jeff, was this you know, differentiation in the embedded insurance space and, and how you guys get embedded within, say, the employers that you're working with today, as well as some of the financial services providers you partner with versus companies that are embedding their services with companies like Tesla, like you mentioned, you know, they have a back-end provider to help augment their ability to offer those types of coverage. And where, where do you see your model being able to, to differentiate in that? Or is that actually something that you guys consider as part of that embedded strategy long-term, or you're going to stay like myopically focused on, on the life insurance category? Yeah, so we're, I, I think you're going to see, you know, the embedded solutions make more and more sense across wealth finance generally, across insurance to various product lines. Ladder's focused on, on life insurance specifically. And so rather than being a, a tech layer that helps incorporate a number of different kinds of products other across different product lines, we're really focused on going deep on the life insurance piece and, and the underwriting that goes on there, I think is a, a very exciting space, both from a financial standpoint, all the financial data that, that partners have, and can make it easier for people to, to discover and manage life insurance. Also from the health space, and there's just an incredible amount of health data, you know, that, that's now available, that, that's really exciting as well. So we're, we're, we're focused specifically on life insurance and, and the products around that, just given given how much there is to do there, how big the space is. Life insurance, insurance is, of, of course, a massive, massive market. Life insurance is a, a, a the largest portion of that market at about $766 billion compared to uh, home and auto each run, you know, between 100 and 200 million, 200 billion, rather. So Life insurance is a massive segment, plenty for us to focus on and really go deep on over time. Great, thank you. So we are actually kind of over, so we have seven minutes or six minutes now. So if you're, if you're okay, let's take a couple of questions from the audience. So we're open now, but if you come on stage and ask your questions, we just ask that you state your name and, and say where you're dialing in from. And we are recording the call, so just be mindful. I know Sheila, you wanna ask a question, so I'm gonna bring her up. And Sean, who's texting me with his questions. <laughs> there we go. So Sheila, the floor is yours. You are muted, but yeah, there you go. All right. Hi, Jeff. Uh, my name is uh, Sheila and I'm from Minnesota. I'm an insurance agent myself, so I totally resonate with all the things that you have just talked about. Very, very exciting. I, I totally understand that it takes so long for a traditional insurance company to like approve all of the policies and get them in force. And I understand the frustration and all the work that goes in. So I'm very, very happy to hear what you what your product is doing. So my question is, that's a very big key differentiator, right? For you to be on the digital platform. Are there any other differentiators from the product itself like does it do anything more than a traditional life insurance provides i was just curious to know if there's anything more yeah absolutely well first of all it sounds like you, you know the space i'm sure have dealt with a lot of clients you know we love the agent channel and i i think there's 
I think it's very interesting. I mean, the fact that you're digging into kind of this, this digital world of things, I think is a good example of, we see that the advisors and, and agents kind of becoming more and more digital and, and you know, a tremendous amount of uptake in, the, in those channels. As you provide, you know, various products, having a digital kind of agent assisted model here is, or product offer is, is exciting. So, so that's one thing. Yeah. In terms of the product, I mean, the, you know, we've really focused being able to, you know, instantly issue fully underwritten coverage. And so typically, as, as you probably know, if you want a, a faster, if you don't want to wait the six to eight weeks to get fully underwritten coverage, in order to get something faster and a better user experience, typically those are simplified issue and there's been shortcuts on the underwriting. And so the price goes up and the coverage amounts are typically more limited. So what we're providing and, and the differentiation around being able to provide a fully underwritten price, fully underwritten coverage at higher coverage amounts, but being able to do that instantly is is very differentiated. The laddering capability, of course, there's, there were insurance ladders. I had looked to set up an insurance ladder myself uh, with 10, 15, 20 year strips and found that 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 was very inefficient. You can ladder coverage, but uh, you're paying either multiple times for policy fees or, or there isn't flexibility as life changes. So that dynamic laddering capability is, is another differentiating point. But beyond that, you know, I think what we focus on is more simplicity rather than adding, you know, a lot of differentiation beyond that. We are, our feeling is there's been a lot of maybe unnecessary differentiation added to products over time, riders and things that We've really tried to simplify, kind of get back to the core piece of just the insurance with this, making it easier to buy and adjust over time. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. So if I hear that right, the innovation angle is that it's simplification. Is that right? That's what we started with. And we built the, the foundation and platform to do, I would say, some really exciting things over time especially, you know, as, as we'll get into health things and, and some of the other pieces over time, but it required us getting this foundation in place and starting, you know, kind of back to the core and, and focus on the simplification. Yep. Lovely. Thank you. So two minutes, Deidre, over to you for your question. Yeah. Hi, I'm here from Oakland, California. I took a look at your site and knowing how much people like to comparison shop, have you heard anything from users uh, wanting the ability to compare your rates against others while they're on your site? Yeah, I think there's, we, if this is a high consideration purchase and we, we certainly expect our users. Yes. Who we target, we, we, we target people that, that, you know, we hope are doing their homework and we certainly expect people to, to go and compare. You know, our view is that that's not that hard to do there. There's, I mean, the digital kind of quote engines and things like that, that are available. There's there's ways to do that, and I think mm -hmm. that's that's pretty simple. It, our, our view is that it doesn't necessarily need to be on our site because it's mm -hmm. easy to do kind of across sites. I think the challenge is once you've gotten a quote, sort of how do you get it in place and the process that happens from there. And so we we you know people should compare prices. We we think we have very very competitive pricing, and people ought to do their homework and check pricing and make sure we're the best fit for them, and and then realize that the process to get coverage in place is a very different experience than what you might see for something, you know, that even 
in fact, could cost more. Thank you. Jeff, can you take one last question? Even though it's about uh, 540? Uh, yes, I can. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah. Please be over to you. Then. I'll be quick. I'm from speaking from New York. So my question is, do you transfer all of your risk through reinsurance or you plan or expect to retain some of it? If the latter, then how do you manage the investment portfolio, liability modeling, liability hedging, and all that uh, aspects of after underwriting a product? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. So we have the ability to to hold risk, but it is our, our model works, you know, certainly as a sort of company, even well-funded startup company, our, our model works really because the because of reinsurers. And so like traditional providers, you know, north of 70% of, of insurance with very, very low, old traditional companies are still reinsured. And so the reinsurers play a, an important part of our insurance architecture and we pass the risk off to them for the most part. So we, so it's, that's been our focus and, and the user experience and innovation has been more focused than the investment management piece. And that's, that's probably a difference from amongst many differences from a traditional provider is that we're focused on that user experience and getting the insurance in place as opposed to a lot of focus on managing the investments and the funds. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we want to be respectful, Jeff, of your time and really appreciate you you hopping on today for, for those that, you know, want to learn more. Is there is there any parting thoughts, ways that people can get in touch with you as well as what what all we can help bring to you as part of this community of, of people that are in fintech yeah absolutely so i think you mentioned you know i, I mentioned earlier that we always love feedback so so please check it out and and whether you buy a policy or not we'd love the feedback and just on ladderlife.com uh my email address is jeff at ladderlife.com feel free to email me with any questions certainly if there's ways that we might be able to be helpful to your business from a revenue or retention standpoint. We'd love to find ways to find, you know, get more people coverage. And so um, happy to talk about any partnership opportunities as well, but just want to say, yeah, thanks for having me. I, I enjoy the other content. So happy to be here and tell a little bit of the latter story, but uh, thanks for having me today. Thank you for being a part of it. And for, for everyone that's listening in next, next week will be, or I won't be a part of this because I'm a lovely guest host this I'll be joining the call where I'll be hearing from the co-founder of TaxBit. Ambika, anything else to add? Yeah, no, you did such a good job at closing this out. So thank you. And Jeff, thank you so much for accommodating us in your busy schedule and not canceling. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> and we'll have to have you come back for a longer discussion at a later point. All right. Thank you both. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for today. And the recording that we recorded today, we'll have this up by the weekend. So you can always catch it later. And thank you, Lindsay, for coming last minute. Honored and, to be uh, part of the conversation. Out. Thank you all. Have a good evening, everyone. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. If you like the discussion, we welcome you to join us during our live shows every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific on Clubhouse. We'd be delighted to have you there. You can also find other episodes on all major podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd appreciate if you could leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Until next week, be safe. Thank you.